Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. (laughs) I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. I'm a a bit of a myriad of like amateur style. Yeah. And maybe a little bit of lesbian, but I'm not into that hardcore porn. Like, oh my God, what a fucking big cock. (laughs) love bites a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about today i don't have a fact because i totally forgot to look one up (laughs) i just realized i really feel like you put too soon with those um do you know though i was thinking today in the shower i was like i knew i was coming because i've come over to laura's um house to do this recording and i was thinking i was like do you know what i'm gonna today i'm gonna look up a fact that i can say and i have not done that (laughs) That's all right. Do you have a fact? Do you I don't have a fact. Do you have a fact, dear listener? If you do, seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Drop us a DM on Instagram at lovebitespodcast underscore. We'll love to hear from you about everything in life. We'll love your messages. Shoot the breeze with us. Keep them coming. Laura, I think you sit like me. Fuck me. Be like the hunchback of bloody Notre Dame over this thing. Just cross your legs. I don't mind seeing your vagina. I know, I'm on the period though. Oh. I've got like a hella sore whim right now. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Sorry. Is that really uncomfortable? I feel like for we're you? here like in a seance, like <laughs> hovering over this microphone, like it's some sort of a Ouija board. <laughs> How are you, darling? How was your week? My Tell week me the crack. Has been good. So I went on my first Dubai date. Okay. Which was so exciting on Thursday. With who? Um, so last week we referred to him as Mr. Nice, but he didn't like that name. So we're going to change <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that was actually really lackluster name. It was just, un, yeah, uncreative. Okay. So we're going to call him Moneybags. Why? Because he works in finance. Okay. Not because I'm insinuating that he's got loads of money. He might do. I don't know. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> and did you tell him about the podcast or did he listen? Know, yeah, he knows about it. He, he knew about it before we even like went on the date. So that was okay. good. So this guy, let me tell you, has been so great. He's been so consistent. So 
my friend Sophie, who I speak about a lot, said something really interesting. And she was like, the only green flag that really matters is consistency. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. So um, we've actually been talking for like quite a few weeks, maybe. Okay. And we went on our, finally went on our date on Thursday. And I thought what was really great about him, even from like the beginning, was the amount of effort that he has shown mm -hmm. and he wasn't afraid like some guys like when we we're talking about like where we should go he was like messaging me saying maybe we should go here here whatever whereas a lot of guys are like oh, i couldn't think of anywhere to go so i just booked this or asked minute and it's mm -hmm. usually somewhere shit because they yeah. haven't thought about it and whereas yeah. this guy didn't and i thought that was so nice and what a like great thing to what a nice like mm -hmm. quality mm -hmm. that he wasn't afraid to show that he was excited and was making effort. And I was mm -hmm. like, God, that is so nice. Anyway, mm -hmm. we went on our date. We went to Maine, which is my Love favorite restaurant. Yeah. I'm going there for lunch today. Oh my God. What should I order, by the way? Oh, same same thing. Have you the been truffle pizza? The truffle pizza. Oh, fuck. The fish tacos were really good. We also had those. Can I just show you something, Fiona? Yeah, well, you know the way I got myself into really good shape before coming away? I've just pulled up my dress, people. Um, I I have mine is like that, what though. I can only describe as a little Buddha belly. It's literally just, what the fuck is that? I meant to go home and try to seduce my fucking boyfriend after a month of not seeing him. And he's going to have to lift up my fucking gunt to get to the freaking, get to the prize. What that, the hell has happened to Laura, me? I have on. eaten pizza every single day. I have ordered pickle burger most nights goddamn pickle burgers fucking good. pickle burger and their spicy chicken sando and um, this needs to come off big time but anyways i really deflected there oh it God, just was worry. the talk of me and in the truffle pizza just led me on a massive tangent i mean, Maine is great so you had your date i mean yeah, and do you know what i love that effort that he made you're a very busy woman but your great, great life. You are massively empowered. Isn't it lovely to have a man just come in and say, right, this is what we're doing. Yeah. I really hate this flaky fucker syndrome of, oh, I don't know, you just, you pick, you fucking pick, you pick, just be a man, pick somewhere nice, pick me up at a certain time, tell me where to be. Like, it's really nice just for a man to take control well, like that. He also like took it one step further because actually, so this guy lives in Abu Dhabi and I was going up there for work. Uh -huh. I then basically fucked up massively because in Abu Dhabi, this is really boring COVID chat, but you have to be vaccinated, which I am. I left my vaccine card back in Dubai uh -huh. and I got vaccinated in the UK and it was this huge palaver. So I couldn't stay in Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. So I had a shoot the next day. And I couldn't do it in the end because I just didn't have anything with me. And we were supposed to go out for drinks in Abu Dhabi. Uh -huh. um, and then I was going to do my shoot the next day. And then I messaged him being like, I'm going to have to go home. I have to cancel my shoot because there's nothing I can do about it. And I don't want to drive all the way back. And Anyway. And what I loved is that he didn't even question. He was like, well, I'll just come to Dubai then. Oh, I love that. Just like taking ownership just, of it and, and just going just with like, the flow. Oh my God. And obviously people pleaser in me was like, oh my God. But like it was fine, and then we went, and then I managed to get a table at Maine. I do not know how. Mm -hmm. um, Downtown or the JBR, JBR one. Okay. Anyway, we had. I was a bit worried also that like you know when you've been speaking to someone for quite a while. Obviously, you don't know this because you've not used dating apps. But like mm -hmm. you've been talking to someone for quite a while, and you build up a story in your mind about what they're going to be like. <laughs> and I was so worried that I was going to be disappointed because he'd shown so many like great signs, mm -hmm. and then. When I did see him, I was like, yes, I am attracted to you. And he isn't the usual type of guy that I would go for, which I think is really good. And anyway, we had a really great day. And then we ended up at mine. But wait for it, guys. We didn't sleep together. 
Did you do other stuff? No. Did you have a really hot and heavy snog? We had a really great dry ride. <gasps> High five for dry. I love a dry Fucking ride. Love a dry it ride. is my favorite part of the sexual process. You're oh like, my God. It was, was so there like a little bit of grind? Yeah, like, were your so neck, did you keep your knickers on? Kept my, well, because we went, we went out to bed because I was just like, just stay the night. It's fine. Okay. Um, we went out to bed and I put my pajamas on and my pajamas are not, thankfully, the flannels that I would usually wear. Okay. They're like quite cute. Like little PJ, negligees. Yeah, little yeah, cute okay. pajamas. Um, and then we had a great old dry ride. And actually, to be fair to him, he was the one who was like, no, I don't think we should. I t- if he had said, let's have sex, I totally would have been like, And was yeah, he just there like chilling in his boxers? Yeah, or was he and totally he has nude? a fucking hot body. Nice. Super hot body. And then I was talking to um, our friend the next day, Sunny. Uh-huh. And uh, we were talking about um, also this guy... I don't know if I should say this. Fuck it, I don't care. He has <laughs> the nicest penis ever. Because obviously, like, I... Did you have a little fondle of it? Yeah, because you got something. Yeah, you got to check. You got to check. I had to check. So I was like, I need to know. And um, so the next day, um, I was talking to Sonny about it. And he was like, you can tell. You can tell when you look at a guy whether they're going to have a nice dick. <laughs> Well, and Sonny had, Sonny had told he's me he's like fucking the dick king he knows exactly what's know. at but um and then we were talking about actually how like not that he is a geeky guy he's mm-hmm. not at all but he like he has got he wears glasses and he's like maybe he's also like he's not like edgy he's part as edgy as a circle but okay. he like took off his top and uh, he had this like hot bod like, and me and Sunny were like talking about like actually do you know what that's hotter than the like fucking obvious guys that are like the barber for example because yeah the barber had like a 12 pack but also mm-hmm. like when you look at someone like the barber you're like you obviously love yourself like yeah. ugh, boring I've never really been attracted to the hot guys I don't think I've ever really had a conventionally good looking boyfriend my boyfriend now i find very attractive i think and your boyfriend's really conventionally good looking. a big bear but you know he's an absolute geek by his own admission and especially now that i'm back in dubai and hanging around the likes of difc and stuff there's hot people everywhere and i have to say i just kind of look around for like the man with the dad bod to me that's a lot that. more i can't do the dad bod i'm sorry i've tr- really i've tr- I really tried i've tried so with hard. the gun that i've just showed you how i would have a fucking cheek to expect a man to have a fucking ripping bod to i mean then, I, i'm the same but you're not by the way you look phenomenal you've lost an incredible amount of weight and you look really toned and healthy and glowing and fit and oh, thanks babe gorge. yeah so mr Moneybags. mr Moneybags. Did you enjoy the date? I enjoyed the date. Did you good immensely. chats? Great chats. We had a lot of deep chat, which was I kind of loved. Um, love deep chats. Yeah, really great deep chat. We are going to go on a second date. We were supposed to go for dinner, but next week, but we're not going to anymore. I think we're just going to go for breakfast. A lot of like good healthy green flags. Lots of healthy green flags. A plethora. But I do worry about myself sometimes because we all know I get a bit anxious mm-hmm. and I, I worry that like. I put too many eggs in a basket. Mm-hmm. So I'm really trying to just like diversify. Diversify. Like your just, stocks and shares. You yeah. should never put into one stock or share. You need to diversify yeah. across a plethora. And I just like the the problem is also, and this is really hard not to do, is that like, for example, the next day, right? I was at just at the pool and he messaged saying thanks so much for last night it was fun and then I saw him typing and my immediate in my immediate thought and my, my brain went was oh my god he's about to tell me that he just feels like it's friends right 
immediately what the fuck my brain like literally went there default mode completely default mode and even this whole like i know it's only what like month well it's only monday for us but like every time that he messages me or that like i like he didn't reply to my message until this morning and i sent he i messaged him back at like seven o'clock last night and he didn't message me back until this morning and he (laughs) he left me on he didn't read my message Mm -hmm. the whole morning i've been going oh my god he's gonna ghost me he's gonna ghost me and then he just replied being like oh i fell asleep at like 7 30 and i was like mm-hmm. what is wrong with me it's so hard like i i've done all this amazing work on myself and i have but i still like if i like someone i just revert back to yeah your old habits and i can feel myself doing it i'm really trying not hard not to get get there mm-hmm. but i was like this with the photographer right at the beginning and then suddenly something switched and, I, and then i was i was mm-hmm. fine mm-hmm. so i know that it probably has to be like even the fact that we're not going for dinner anymore we're just going for breakfast i'm like trying not to take that as a sign that he doesn't like me because it's not true mm-hmm. anyway it's, gonna, you go. it's it's you've spent a lifetime an adult lifetime anyway forming these habits and let's be honest if you're really going to delve deep you've probably formed those habits well before oh, yeah, you I'm were sure. an adult so those things are going to take time. And like I've always said, when you meet a good guy and everything is peaceful and calm and easy, it's just the most heartwarming, lovely thing to not have to constantly worry about somebody. And he's giving, this is another thing, and it's all me. It's all me because he's giving me absolutely no reason to doubt that anything. And even the way he, he's such a good communicator, the way he commun- he's communicated with me, the reason why we can't go for dinner on Friday is because he wants to take out his friend um, that he stayed with on the weekend because he basically used her house as a hotel. And she got, I think she's like a bit annoyed, which is completely... And I really like that because it's like, actually, you're doing something really nice to your friend. And actually, yeah. you're, me and him don't know each other and you're setting a boundary that like he's not going to like... He's going to do something with his friend rather than with me. But mm-hmm. And he said like... I do want to see you. So it's like he's communicated. Mm-hmm. He's been communicative. Mm-hmm. Which, which we love. is so good. So uh-huh. it's all my own thing. And do you know what? Isn't Doesn't that go to show how pivotal, how pivotal communication is from the 100%. get-go? You don't have to wait until you're dating to start the lines of open the lines of communication. Yeah, you can start it right from the beginning, whether you're just talking to somebody or whatever, as long as you're honest and communicative, like you can really get so far. And um, as opposed to like the ghosting scenarios that are rampant yeah. in Dubai. Or just people just being shy to be like, I actually like you. Like when we were on our date, I said to him, I was like, Do you know what? I really like you. And we had a conversation. I was like, Would you like to go on a second date with me? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, I'm attracted to you. Are you attracted to me? And he goes, Yeah. And I was like, Why don't people say this on mm-hmm. dates? I was like, How easy was that? How easy was that? Mm-hmm. And like, any other updates with anybody? No. No. Okay. Good stuff. I just dribbled. Sorry. So you're going to be seeing Mr. Moneybags again soon. Yeah. So fingers crossed because I do really like him and let's see where this goes. But I'm going to definitely not put my eggs in his basket just yet. You can put your egg in his wee basket if I'll you put like. One, I'll put he one can egg. put his egg he in your basket. One, one egg in my basket. <laughs> just one ball. <laughs> I can just put one ball in my mouth. Do you know what, though? That's great that you've even, you know, you're clearly excited about it. I'm sure you've had like a little cheeky finger, like flicking the bean clean off yourself, like thinking about that scenario, which is oh, do really you know what fun. I ha- do you know what? I don't, I don't, this is, I don't know whether this is, anyone else does this. I don't masturbate to 
situations that are happening. Oh, right. Okay. Like, I wouldn't, I would, like, fantasize about something else. Like, like I would masturbate about, like, Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Oh, nice. And me being, a, like, slave girl. And really Do you know off what? My we, really, we really, we <laughs> We need to do an episode about porn genres. Yes, I love that. I posted something recently about, um, you know, your penchant for porn and what porn that you're into. Holy fuck, Fiona. (coughs) The amount of porn genres are, it's like startling. Um, and obviously lesbian is like probably the most conventional yeah. one. There are so, there are a multitude. And funny, when I um, met up with Lisa recently, she was like, um, I'm not obviously going to expose it here, but she was like giving me a little bit of insight into her like porn preference. And I was like, oh my Mine God. Is really weird. People, well, she's really creative. Like she really puts her back into the feeling and the emotion involved and the scene and the setting and I'm just on there oh, like, I just like scroll through and I'm yeah I know which ones I go for what's your I'll tell you mine go on what's your I think you told me this the other day I think I'm a I'm a, a bit of a myriad of like amateur style yeah and maybe a little bit of lesbian but I'm not into that hardcore porn like oh my god what a fucking big cock <laughs> No, like normal, be normal. I I listened to this podcast where they were talking about, you know, with the sex machines where the girls always go, oh my God, stop. Wait, it feels nice. (laughs) What's a sex machine? What's a sex machine? Yeah. Have you not seen that? When the girls are like strapped to the machine and then it's like a electric um, dildo going in the vagina and they're like strapped, like hogtied. No, I did not know that. I'll send you a link. Okay, thanks. Great. <laughs> Have you not seen it? And they're always like, oh my God, stop. Wait, it feels quite nice. So no, I haven't. Please, you know what? Actually, refrain. I don't think I'm going to be into that. It's not like I wouldn't, I would never watch it for. I think um, like for like, you know, just a bit of a laugh. This thing that you had previously shared or alert, at least you've alerted me to it. I'm not sure you've alerted to our listeners. Is this ethical <laughs> porn genre that it's real couples partaking in it make love not porn that's it that's so interesting and I kind of fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole with that and the porn that they make is all real couples Mm. who aren't like only fans people doing it for money they genuinely enjoy it and yes they do make money and, and stuff from it but apparently there's a massive surge in people watching that because people love to see real people, how they mm. make love, how there's like love there, consent, respect. Yeah, 100%. Um, we'll talk about that later. Do you know what I, <clears throat> I don't know why, but I'm like, I love watching anal porn. Right, okay. And I don't know why, because I'm not like a massive, like, I do like a bit like mm-hmm. anal play, but. I think when somebody's really enjoying it, I'm yeah. scared shitless of you know, um, but when when and whenever anybody is genuinely really enjoying something, I think that's like an absolute yeah. pleasure. To but watch. I think that's why amateur porn is. I mean, we can have another. Let's on let's. It. I think we need let's, to yeah, deep dive. Like we'll deep dive into it into porn. Um, really quickly about the date thing. Um, so our friend went on a date this week, which was quite interesting. Oh my God, tell me. So. 
She is one of those girls like you, ticks every box in life. She is fantastic on all of the levels and just is struggling to find a great guy to meet her needs and, you know, bring the feast to her table, which is what she needs. But since I've been here, I've noticed that, you know, she doesn't put herself out there that much. And I know that's a really annoying statement from somebody in a relationship because what the fuck is putting yourself out there? Like, what the hell do you want her to do? Like, go and stand on a sign, the Chickside Road with a sign to say she's single. But she went on a date. <laughs> And he is a ticked kind of the boxes, like oncologist. You know, she likes a little bit of doctor vibes. Mm, um, dreamy. Yeah, like dreamy. Um, but he turned out to be like McCreepy. And he firstly, within two seconds of sitting down, was very, very, very tactile with her and was like holding her hand and saying oh my god like Uh-oh. I'm here with you and like really touching her hand then moving on to touching her, her leg whilst this girl is exceedingly friendly with her close friends she's d- like, definitely mm. not a tactile person so she found herself getting really really uncomfortable even though he wasn't like slapping her arse or anything it was just like when you're not attracted to somebody and somebody's touching you it just gives you the book so she was like, right, I have two decisions here. I can either go to the bathroom and leave or I can tell him, stop touching me. It makes me uncomfortable. So she put on her big girl knickers and said that. And then straight away, he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that that was like bothering you or whatever. She also said that he had a real um, God complex. Like, oh my God, I'm a doctor just because I love saving lives. I love to like tear open the human body and see what's inside. Things like that. Also love to talk incessantly about how much he has traveled the world. She's also a very well-traveled girl. So she naturally... Just clicking your toes there, love. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry if you heard that. <laughs> I was I've just moved. I was picking my toenails there a minute ago. So I think we're... I didn't we're, even notice. We're, we're even. Um, and they shaved. They are. They're freshly Good. shaved. Thank fuck. Um... So, um, look how tan you are. So, um, yes, yeah, so he would be like, Oh my god, yeah, I've been to like Japan. And she'd be like, Oh, I've been, like I also went to Japan. And he was like, Okay, so I've been to Japan and this is where I went. And she was like, Oh, I also went there. And he was like, Okay, but when I did this, and it was just like, Oh my god, this guy clearly didn't even want to have her engage in conversation, he just wanted to direct all conversation at her. Where was as, he from? I, I, he was American, which is another, I think, American, but like, you know, originally from somewhere else, but he's like lived 20 or so years in New York. So that, again, was a big tick for her because she loves America. And then after the date, she came back and she was like, you know what? That is enough of me going for people just because they yeah. are a certain profession or maybe of a certain, a certain social standing. Yeah. And I'm going to be like you, Laura, and go and meet somebody that's uh, skint. <laughs> but also, I think it's also dating outside the box. Yeah, dating outside the box, for because sure. Because for me, this money bags, Mr. Moneybags, I would never, I really hope he doesn't listen to this part, I would never ever have looked at him on Hinge maybe like a couple of months ago. I would have said no. Okay. And he's not an, he's not an unattractive guy. Is there any picture of him? No. Jeez. Um, but um, that's just it just wasn't the kind of person I'd probably and th- do you know what I, I said 
I liked on Hinge, so on Hinge it's photos and also like people put like mm-hmm. comments and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. He'd written a really funny comment and I'd like that, not his photos. I didn't even look at his photos. I just was like, oh my God, that's so funny. And then when we matched, I looked back and I was like, oh yeah, he's quite, he's quite attractive. I love dealing outside the box. In the glasses. I think he is lovely. What an Ian, by the way. Know, honestly. Name, I think he is lovely and he looks like a really, really nice friendly guy and I think he's also attractive Mm. lovely listeners tell us your stories about dating outside of the box is this something that you've found success with have you dated outside of the box and fallen in love I know that I have drop us dms on love bites podcast underscore I'm creeping here Faye I'm creeping he looks good I think he looks lovely and I think he looks wholesome as fuck and he's very tall yeah he's like 6'1 nice yeah, let us know, dealing outside the box. The problem with this guy is, just quickly before we move on to our topic, um, Sophie was like, why don't we call him the crowd pleaser? Because everyone that I've either spoken to about him or I've shown a picture or whatever, um, I'm making it sound like I've shown everyone, but those people that I have discussed it with, um, everyone's gone, I'm about to get a really good vibe from him. Let's call him crowd. Moneybags isn't nice. Moneybags... It- suggest that you're after him for all his cash which yeah. you're not and also suggest that he has those cash which he may not, may not. so let's know. call him crowd pleaser the crowd pleaser because he's a bit of a crowd pleaser he's a bit of a crowd pleaser and i think he looks lovely well he has a very nice crowd pleasing penis so i hope you're going to update us on that but also if you don't want to you don't have to but please do i mean it's me i probably will i'm gonna try and hold out though well we're going for breakfast so i'm not exactly gonna like get down on my knees at like tom and serge or something and examine we'll see how you go you never know what happens what did you just say well listen all i'm saying is i the first sexual encounter i had with my boyfriend was obviously in lockdown so it was fucked like our first date was a walk in the park and my mom packed us a picnic it was very (laughs) wholesome but he um and again thinking outside of the box would never have been my type but i love that how we were just like constantly making plans to do things and there was no like playing of games there was no like holding off to make plans so i think he said on that date you know should we maybe make a plan and go and get some tacos or whatever so we went to a food truck and sat outside and had a little walk and then he was like you want to come back to mine for a little cup of tea um this was your first day or second maybe day. like third or fourth or yeah. something like that and um we went back for a cup of tea stone cold sober after a taco in the morning and had a lovely dry ride I, I love the dry ride. I'm here for it. We need to extol the virtues of a dry ride. Yeah. Like, what happened to fingering? Like, why did fingering disappear so quickly? I'm, why can't teenagers just be content with, like, having a wee finger? Why is everybody going out and doing, like, fucking anal at 15? Chill out, girls. You've got all the time in the world. Bring back fingering and bring back dry riding. That's what I say. Or just bring back oral sex and nothing else, which is, you know, which is great. <laughs> sex i don't think that's ever disappeared okay. you know what we don't want to bring back 69 and keep it in keep the fucking that, that lisa mcfarland you keep saying 69 and nobody else wants it we have a topic for today and it's something that resonates with me on all the levels and i think it's something that women in general need to be cognizant of and we need to have a lot more discussion about it because the topic is being child free There's a lot of variables and the reason that I feel so strongly about this is because there is a massive amount of women nowadays that are child free either by choice or circumstantial 
And I maintain that when our mothers were our age, they never had to have these conversations because for the most part, they were married early, kids early, and it was just the most linear structured path and very few people deviated off that path. Nowadays, it's a different story and we're going to delve and deep dive into it. So we're going to start with a letter. Right. I love the podcast with Lisa. She is amazing. So much of what she said resonated, especially about filling your own cup. I'm single and quite happy in my life. I've managed to fill my own cup. Yet when I think about not meeting someone and not having children, it puts me into a blind panic. It's been happening more and more recently and it's really affecting my mental health despite lots of wonderful things in my life. I'm 38 and I'm really scared. I feel like I'm mourning a life I always thought I'd have. So I feel you, sister. And what really jumped out at me in this letter is the blind panic. I have definitely been in a situation a prolonged situation basically the end of my last relationship where I should have been really preparing for family and to start a family and all these things but with the nature of the relationship and different variables my gut feeling was telling me that it was bringing me further and further away from ever having children and that would be physically being able to have them with my partner and also just us being in a really unhealthy stage in the relationship and I can only describe it as blind panic like I would wake up in the middle of the night like literally sobbing crying like trying to like climb out of windows and I'm not joking my mom was staying with me at the time and she was like Laura we seriously have a problem here what the hell is going on I was like no I'm fine I'm just a bit stressed at work you know, because you can't control those things yeah. when you wake up in the night screaming and crying. Like, you are you know, that's not a show for anybody. And I would have downplayed everything. And I think that blind panic was down so much to the fact that as I was getting older, I was actively staying in a relationship that was bringing me further and further away from the thing that I truly want, which is to have kids. So the blind panic thing is so real, Fiona. It is so real. And it's something that people need to discuss more of especially I think our generation are the first generation to really feel it mm. so acutely because back in our mom's day or granny's day it wasn't even a topic of it wasn't even a consideration so what do you think about that letter what are your what's your take on that well <clears throat> I had a bit of blind panic when I turned 30 yeah I think a lot of people I think do. a lot of people have that panic especially if you're turning 30 and you're single because you're like, right, you're in the kind of second second season of your life mm -hmm. and you kind of have a window of about eight years max to find someone, get to know them reasonably well. And this is like traditionally, obviously. Mm -hmm. Find someone, get to know them reasonably well, get married, get engaged, get married, have a child. And that can take mm -hmm. more than eight years and your window of child uh, bearing, bearing mm -hmm. you know, it obviously it varies from everyone. And my mom had me at 40. It's not like your window is shut at 40, mm -hmm. but it becomes much harder. The risks are more. And 
you don't know if you want to, you know, I don't particularly want to have kids in my 40s. I'd rather have them in my in my 30s. Mm-hmm. But then that gives me a very small window. So there's that blind panic where I'm like, oh my God, the next person, I hope that it's other the one because otherwise I'm going to waste X many years. Mm-hmm. And, and do you feel in your, like, in your heart, body, bones, everything that you want to have a child and have... I do, yes. But this was a conversation that we had just before we jumped on with um, a friend Laura's staying with that she does what I do. This is Laura's friend that she tries to convince herself that you'd be okay with it because mm-hmm. I am single. I'm almost 31 now, which is still pretty young, but still like the time is sticking on. Think how fast last year went. True. And I do this thing where I'm like, could I be okay with it? Maybe, you know, I've got a business. Maybe I'd be fine with it. You know, I'm sure that there are other things. I have loads of, you know, my friend's kids and I have an amazing nephew and all this stuff. I'm like, could I be okay with it? But I'm like, and then I sometimes look at my friends who've got kids and I'm just like, is it all that's cracked up to be? Always think that. I'm like, but why do we want to have children? What mm-hmm. is it? Is it just a nature thing? It's such a complex issue. And I, for anybody that knows me, I'm like godmother, like the chief godmother. Yeah, of, you are. I, chief bridesmaid and chief godmother godmother and I love kids and I've always loved kids and for me it was such an innate part of my life projection I never thought that I wouldn't not have them and I don't want to say I wasted my relationship of six seven years because it's never a waste we learn profusely and we grow and all that sort of stuff but when you think about the childbirth side of things yes I kind of there was red flags from the beginning that I really should have addressed and I didn't but when I felt really, really bad and to be honest, really quite depressed about it at one stage, I did what you did, what our friend did. Um, and that was, it's a self-preservation, self-defense mm-hmm. mode where you convince yourself and you extol the virtues of all the benefits of not having kids. Is that me or you? It keeps vibrating. Oh, sorry, I think that's my phone right behind. Um, sorry, that was really distracting me. Um, really extol the virtues of not, not having kids. And I think we do that a lot. And here's the thing, Fiona. There's also a huge proportion of women nowadays who are actively choosing not mm. to have children. And honestly, if that's something that truly feel, I really, really, really applaud that decision because those women are met with so much disdain, especially from other women. I'm going to link a um, a video that Fiona and I watched before the podcast, and it's a group of five brilliant women who are talking very openly about their decision to not have children. And I think it's very healthy for all women to be aware of women that have children women that don't want them, women that are trying to just be very mindful of people's decision and people's reasoning to do things or not mm. do things. Um, because, of course, you can have and lead an incredibly happy, fulfilled, amazing life without children. You can fill your own cup in all of the ways. You can, you know, you have access to other children. They're just not necessarily yours, you know, yeah. and... I just sort of feel that we need to be very respectful of people's decision and not lambast people about, you know, you're going to regret that when you're older, not having children to look after you. What are you going to do when you're older? We'll live the fucking life. That's fine. Yeah. You know, 
not trying to convince people, oh, you know, you'll change your mind one day. Life without children is incredibly, incredibly abundant. I think as well, a lot of mum friends will, of mine will be very honest and say, you know, there are some exceedingly hard days and sometimes we'll kick back and think this is really not all it's cracked up to be. Mm. What the fuck did I do? So it's being mindful of the fact that having children completely transforms your life. And I know people are going to be listening saying, yes, but for the better, like they're worth every single second. And I get that. I think it's important for everybody to be mindful of all the things and all the people. Mm. I think also for me anyway, and I think for a lot of women is that I would want, I want the family unit rather than the singular child. Yes. Whereas a lot of women just want the singular child and they're not that bothered about the family unit. Yeah. Whereas this is where people are like, well, I just want the child and I'm going to go get the child mm-hmm. and me and the child are going to live together and have our own life. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, I want the I want the unit, which means probably I want the husband and life more than I want the child. But what comes with the husband and the life probably by default Mm-hmm. There's a child there. Mm-hmm. So that for me is more what I want than I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if like, for example, I never met anyone and I just carried on being single, I wouldn't then go out and seek a child. Okay. I would just. Because of course there are more and more women now who are actively deciding to um, go down the route and the journey of deciding to have a child. Yeah. Which is also on their own. Choice. Which. Here's the thing, when I, I think a couple of years ago, I started to explore having my eggs frozen and I had a great gynecologist in uh, Dubai and she was very honest and she was like, if my daughter was your age, I would be advising her X, Y, and Z, which was essentially, you you know, this wonderfully traditional um, Indian doctor that I was quite surprised by her approach Um, She comes from a very nuclear conservative background and she said, why should you be denied the the chance to have a child just because you don't have a partner? I think I just broke up with my ex at the time and I loved her for that. She was like, you should be sitting down with your family, your mom and dad in particular and being very honest about, okay, I'm 34, 35. I don't have a partner. I really, really want a child and is this something that as because of course you know it takes it takes a village right and she said go home and, and speak to your mom about this get her thoughts on it if you're able to have it if you you know can have a child by yourself which you can by the way you know your mom is going to want to be there for you your want your mom is going to want to lend the support and I love the fact that she was so ballsy about it and so emboldened that why the hell do you need a man to have a child there's so much science and expertise out there nowadays that you can do this completely on your own and the thing is if I'm to be honest I don't it's not something I truly considered because I kind of wanted more the family like you said the family unit. unit and support but I know that there's a hell of a lot there's a lot of really strong passionate women that are able to go and do it on their own. I've got my best friend in the world is um is gay and her and her wife had a child, my goddaughter. Um they have been, you know, through went they went through numerous rounds of IVF and I think so many of my friends nowadays um have been through IVF 
um, successfully and some are still in the stages of it. But there's just so many options for you should you wish to take it. Mm. Um, I think the taboo that existed around having a child on your own, IVF, IUI and all these things, it's dissipated massively mm. now. And I don't know about... Um, I know for a fact in the in, or back at home on the NHS, um, couples get one free go essentially okay. at IVF, and that goes to show how our change in lifestyle and decision has um, has affected our ability to mm. kind of bear children naturally, so to speak, because we are leaving it much later in the day. We yeah. are women that are driven by career and passion and we want to go so far in life on our own paths as opposed to not necessarily being mothers and here's the thing I'm not in any way criticizing women that choose to be mothers early on in fact at times I have actively felt envious of them and I have berated myself for not going down that route because I was in a relationship you know, a little bit earlier on that I knew if I stayed in it, I would have definitely been the girl that got pregnant and married and pregnant relatively early. And I do have moments where I look back at, when I look at girls our age, for example, well, maybe more my age, who've got like three and four kids. And sometimes it really hurts my heart, the fact that I didn't go down that route because I love kids and I would love to be a mom. And I really... For me, it's so such an integral integral part of who I am, and I want I want it so badly. I'm also trying to balance it with, if I don't have a child, I'll be okay. Mm. Like I've got such a full, fantastic life, I can have a wonderful life without it. And I think it's that constant balancing act. But I think that is a massive amount of self-preservation and self-protection. Mm. Um, I heard that this um, this writer once said that, um, I heard her say it when I went to this like event, she said that having a child or like the thought of having a child in your 30s is like this savings account that you store all your anxiety in. Yeah. And it is, it's true. Honestly, I feel on so many levels, it's true. Yeah. Because then when I think about having the child... And then I, I know what goes into it. I mean, for fuck's sake, I nearly had a mental breakdown with my puppy, you know, seven months old. And there was times that I literally had to get up and leave the house and my neighbor had to come in because she heard me like crying and shouting with the dog. What the fuck am I going to do with the child? And we become so set in our ways. I am so set. Whilst I'm very malleable, I'm really set in my ways with things you know, my sister, uh, I've been very, she's very honest about it on, um, on her own like channels and stuff. And either, therefore she's extended me permission to be honest, um, on her behalf, but she had a really, really, really bad time after she had her, my nephew just turned one a couple of weeks ago. I've never met him. He's in Australia. We don't know when we're going to see each other. If I think about that too long, I could just like break down in tears because it's like my nephew and I don't know when when I'm going to see him, but that's besides the point. He's so cute. His name's Rory. Um, She had a really bad time when she gave birth, perinatal kind of disorder, amalgamation of various things. And what she went through, and by the way, anybody that goes through perinatal 
depression, anxiety, OCD, psychosis, because of course there's a whole myriad of things that you can go through. We just we're not very well informed. Um anybody that goes through those things, I cannot give you enough respect because to go through that whilst raising a child is oh my god I, I can't even put it into words what women have to deal with what I saw my sister deal with being in her own words dragged to hell and back by the devil himself I won't lie that has absolutely scared the shit out of me and part of me is worried about if that happens to me or because of course you can't control it people aren't generally predisposed to these things it's just like a massive chemical like clusterfuck that happens after um although sometimes there is like genetic connections and things but that has scared me as well um admittedly my sister struggled so badly because nobody could fucking get to her she was in a country and she couldn't get out and nobody could get in despite my mom like going to the embassy, begging every fucking person you can think of to let into the country, but we couldn't get her. But anyways, thank God she's, you know, really on the men now and stuff. But those things have really impacted me and I'm now a lot more cognizant and mindful of how difficult it can be for a lot of women to have children. Mm. And it's not all a bed of roses and it's not all baby cuddles and like cute little like sick ups it's really at times so emotionally draining and trying and I think it's just something to be mindful of as well Mm. the fact that you know you need to have good support around you and I think sometimes that scares me because I just sometimes think I've left it too late and I just don't think like I'm mentally or physically strong enough to deal with it you're only going to know that until it happens. I know, absolutely. And it, like you said about your that, that lady saying like uh, having a baby is like a hotbed of anxiety that you've like stored in your in your bank right. or whatever. As you get older, you do, do become more mindful and more aware. And that's mm. just more when you, if people get pregnant at 19, they don't know about these things. No, and they also, they haven't had time to stew over mm. it. Whereas we have, and we've also seen now, I mean, I'm at a baby shower every single weekend. I'm at a, I'm at a first birthday every, almost every weekend. The amount of money I've spent on gifts and things like that. But also what I really enjoyed about that video that we'll link is that when um, one of the women said, there's no one way to being a woman, Mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong way to being a woman. And we're so socialized to be like, um, do this, don't do this, Mm -hmm. that we, as women, we are so socialized to be traditional with everything. Like even when like, you know, I talk, I'm like, chatting to some guy and like you know I'm open about talking about sex doesn't mean that it makes me like a slut mm-hmm. though I have had some slutty times mm-hmm. but that's also okay mm-hmm. like it's okay to not want to have children because you want to have a good life and I thought it was so interesting what you said earlier also was how these women were saying um how the reaction to other people mm-hmm. it's almost like what do you mean mm-hmm. like what do you mean you don't want to have kids mm-hmm. and it's almost like they're almost like ostracized in yeah. a way yeah because you I think people that people that don't want to have kids are often thought of as being mean mm-hmm. and narcissistic and, narcissistic. and selfish, which blows my mind because to me they're taking ownership so much to ensure that they don't bring a child into the world when they don't truly want one because they're you know that happens a lot right yeah, 100% um so I think to be mindful as you know for women to be mindful that to be understanding of their fellow females like their like sisters in this life that are actively choosing to not have children 
those who are struggling to have children and you know that's an absolute mind fuck mm. so taxing physically mentally on the body i've got friends going through it at the minute it's something that i'm going to probably have to consider and also this huge growing group of women that now you know they're on this earth in every country and every walk of life that really want to have children but they haven't met a partner and they feel truly bereft because they are in this stage in their 30s and their 40s and by the way you know you can have kids you know right up until whenever um like there's so much that can be done with science now and you know things can happen naturally you hear amazing stories about people trying for like 10 years to get pregnant with IVF and then they stop and like the lady's pregnant at like 43 with twins and stuff so there are so many brilliant stories out there for inspiration but just to be mindful of these women who are like yeah feeling blind panic that letter that we completely went off tangent with by the way um it's a it's a it's a I almost can categorize it as grief how did I get mm. to this age and me being the type of person that I yeah. have do not have children and it is such a tangible heartbreak um it's just almost like the next phase of panic because the first yeah. phase of panic that you go through as a single person especially like you hit 30 the first phase of panic which I'm not saying that I'm panicking, but I definitely have those moments as I had mm -hmm. when we recorded the episode where I like burst out crying was my panic is I'm panicking that I can't find a partner. I'm panicking. I can't find a partner. And then you're like, oh my God, wait a second. I'm panicking now that I can't find a partner and then I can't have a baby. Yeah. And it's like, it almost like you're panic. It's panic on pa upon panic. panic. Yeah. And each one feeds into the other because that's how we're socialized as women mm -hmm. that you can't have a baby without a partner. So you're panicking about not having a partner and then you're panicking about not having a partner so you can't have a baby. Mm -hmm. And also another one that I also find myself thinking about sometimes and you just touched up on that was seeing women that have had kids younger, for example, or have had or are having kids around my age, 30, early 30s, is that if I'm going to get to my mid thirties to late thirties to have a child, I probably can only have one mm -hmm. or two. Um, and you don't even know. Well, that, exactly. You and don't know. I would love to have a few. Yeah. And you kind of, when you, that's the thing, when you hit your thirties, you kind of have to accept the fact that that might not happen. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to come to terms with because it's like what you want, you, it physically probably can't happen. Well, that's the, that's the scenario that I'm dealing with now. And sometimes it is a struggle. And, you know, even now that I'm in a really happy relationship, sometimes I'll wake up and the first thing I think about Fiona, the first thing that comes into my mind is I don't have a child. And when am I going to have one? When am I? And I've met this fantastic man who is going to be the best dad. And when I talk to him about like these things and I'm like, how would you feel if I was pregnant? And he was like, absolutely fine like no big deal like we'll always make it work you're the one freaking out Laura it's not me like mm. let's do it if you want to start right now let's go back to Ireland and do it Laura let's, let's get started and go get your ride on <laughs> go get the ride on um, not a dry ride a wet ride no it needs to be a very wet ride and the thing <laughs> I just it was really important for me to open up the, the floor to this um, and to make subject. women feel seen and heard mm -hmm. and almost like I want women who are in a similar position to me in any stage of life right because you can want a child and not have them like in your 20s 30s 40s and all the way up 
like it's something that I feel and I understand and it's definitely something that I want to like extend my truest best wishes to people who are kind of struggling with this because mm. I feel like it's fucking heartbreaking like every year in your life it's like blind panic and what this the referring back to the letter you know the advice that I can give that girl is truly to look inside and love everything you can about yourself which in essence should be everything to fill your own cup with everything that you love doing in life and creating a life that you love and placating yourself with even if it doesn't happen that's okay because I have a brilliant life and there is so much more to life than just having a child all I know is the panic results in nothing but desperation sadness depression anxiety that blind panic that you feel by either getting older you can't control it you cannot control the child thing unless you go down the route of you know doing it by yourself in which case more power to you that's brilliant but really filling your own cup up and being around brilliant people and taking inspiration from fantastic lives that have been lived child free Mm. and you know being really open with people that you meet in relationships you know you've met this guy and he's already talked to you about being a fantastic communicator and you've you've noted that you know when you meet the right person you should be able to be very honest about what you want in life don't try to hide the fact I'm not suggesting you go on a first date and be like oh my god I want a kid when can we start but I know a lot of women hide those things away because they are afraid that the men will judge them for it that's something that you should be able to bring to the table relatively I would say relatively early in a relationship and be very honest about you what you want and what you need I like to ask on the first day whether the person wants kids okay interesting I asked this guy because it just came up about kids and I said you know I said he made like some comments about like I don't know um I can't remember what it was I think it was something to be like baby showers or something and I was like oh do you not want because he made, made some like snide comment I'm sure it was about how much money we spend on baby showers yeah. um and I was like, oh, do you not want kids? And he was like, no, no, I do. And I was like, thank God. Okay. <laughs> but like, I, because I don't think, this is for me personally, I don't think I could go out with someone that didn't want kids. Mm-hmm. Because even if it doesn't end up that way, I'd like the option. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would like the option. And because I do want it. I just, I need to try and realize that it could also not happen. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the whole part of the conversation, yeah. Fiona. It's something we all need to be mindful of. So this is a really deep one. Um, it's something that I think the majority of women can empathize with. Even those women that have children, I'm sure, have been through similar things. And they definitely have moments where they're like, why the fuck did I introduce these kids into my life? I mean, obviously not all the time. But like, I love women that are honest about the tumultuous journey of motherhood it's not all plain sailing and sometimes I feel like women that don't have kids need to hear that instead of always focusing on like the Instagram pics of like babies with well I will shout out a little um shout out to my friend Marianne who has a podcast about um being a mother it's called Mother Tongue Mm -hmm. and they talk about I love what I I mean obviously it's not targeted at me but they talk about um the up, very similar to kind of what we talk about but mm-hmm. the opposite ends of the spectrum where like they're talking about the ups and downs of motherhood mm-hmm. like you know they talk about what it's like to have sex after postpartum 
for the first time. Do you know time. what? I'm actually going to get my sister to listen to that because Fiona Marianne's has fantastic. been... Um, Fiona as in Dora's sister. Sorry, Fiona, my sister, uh, listened to our podcast. I mean, she's literally very late to the party, but she's, you know, she's a new mom. And she was saying, Laura, sister, I got the bit about like the lack of mojo. Mm-hmm. Like, I hear you big time. Can you please do um, an episode about kind of postpartum stuff? Um, and we absolutely will, but I also... Maybe we should get Marianne on. We could either get her on, because I don't feel that I have no, any I, knowledge I to talk about that. But it's definitely something that we could get Marianne for. And I will definitely be referring Fiona to um, Marianne's podcast. So I'll, link, link, I'll link, link Mother Tongue below. Link Mother Tongue. Um, if there's anything that, you know, if there's anything that we have talked about today that really resonates with you or, you know, you've got any feedback at all. Um, obviously, Fiona and I are speaking as two women that don't have children and we kind of want them and stuff. And we're very aware of the fact that we don't speak for all women all of the time. And if you think that there's anything that potentially we need, like, you know, you need to, like, help us with, like, you know, your experiences and stuff to really help us grow and to be more mindful and educated with people, we'd also love to hear would love to hear from you so drop us a dm on instagram i think that's the best way and that is love bites podcast underscore you got it finally thank you so much laura see you later see you later